Aloha! You are listening to Inside the Desert Oasis Room, episode number 181. This episode is sponsored by the Tiki Bar T-Shirt Club, where their monthly t-shirt designs pay tribute to a Polynesian bar or restaurant from days long past. Each design is available for a limited time and will never be produced again. For the collectors out there, be sure to check out their subscription program, where they offer a discounted 3, 6, or 12-month plan, or you can always buy shirts one at a time. For more information and to check out this month's shirt, visit tikibartshirtclub.com. Today, we chat with artist Kat Reeder. Kat is a native Floridian, transplanted in Hawaii, and creates some of the most beautiful island-inspired pieces of art directly from the island of Oahu. Learn about how she got her start as an artist, her transition from Peru to Miami, how she ultimately planned her move to the Hawaiian island of Oahu, and what's in store for the future of her art. As always, I hope you enjoy this episode as much as we did bringing it to you. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider helping us with your support during this challenging time. Stop by DesertOasisRoom.com to check out our merch or leave us a tip. We've got tiki mugs, t-shirts, and pendants available right now. Any purchase or donation, no matter the size, is totally appreciated and helps keep this podcast coming to you every week. Okay, let's get into this. Grab a Mai Tai and join us inside the Desert Oasis Room with the one and only Cat reader This is Adrian. Hey, Adrian. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Very good. Excited to talk to you. Awesome. I'm glad that you're able to join us today. Oh, I'm so happy to join you, too. Very, very excited. Awesome. Awesome. Me, too. How is life in Hawaii right now? It's actually uh, pretty good. You know, things are starting to open back up. Okay. And, uh, weather's cooling down. That's always good. But, yeah, it just it feels like... You know, it feels like spring. It's like everyone's starting to go out and, oh. you know, resume life. It's starting to feel a little bit, you know, like back to normal. Just a little bit, but it's pretty good. Uh, is there parts of the island that are still in quarantine or is uh, everything no, kind of... No, I think we're we're slowly getting out of it. I don't... I, I'm not sure about the restrictions. I think they've let up uh, quite a bit, but it's all, you know, slow and in phases. But right. everyone seems to be following uh, protocols here. So, you know, I, th- I think we're going to be all right. Have they already started allowing visitors? No, I believe that's the next thing. Yeah, that, okay. uh, that they're, um, they're working on uh, some requirements for people to come in. And, you know, I think, I think it's going to be that way uh, throughout the country where you need uh, to be able to prove that you're not, you're COVID free and all of that, so I think they're right. still working on details. But hotels are all everyone's gear, you know, gearing up for tourists coming yeah. back soon. Yeah, it's the new normal, I guess, for the oh, next few gosh. months. I did my monthly COVID test today, and of course, came out negative. And uh-huh. you know, every time I do that, it just it still makes me nervous. <laughs> Even though like um, I have no symptoms, you know, I'm just trying to be safe, and yes. you know, yes. Uh, yeah, so. I, had to, I had to have one myself, and it was not very comfortable. I know. <laughs> it was right. not the, mo- the easy, the, it was an easy process, but not the most comfortable process, but yes, and then you're like, please let it come back negative. <laughs> know, and, right. um, yes, but I'm glad you're, I'm glad you're good. Glad yeah, everyone's yeah me too, and likewise, likewise. Well, thanks for joining the podcast. Yeah. I've been wanting to have you on the show for a long time now, because I am a fan of your work. and. I want people to know more about you. So for our listeners that don't know who Cat Reader is, our friend Cat is an artist. And you are from Miami, is that correct? I am from Miami. I was I was raised there. I was born in Peru. Okay. Grew up in Miami. And then somehow made my way out here. 
<laughs> yeah. Twice, actually. Yeah. So let's talk about your background. So did you get started as an artist when you were in Miami? Uh, well, I, you know, it's like it's one of those things where you're artistic your whole life. And okay. I was always the art kid. You okay. know, I was always the artsy kid. Um, and it was just kind of something I did, you know, like you just kind of do it. And it was kind of like a need to draw. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, I mean, I, I kind of taught myself everything because I didn't, you know, art school wasn't going to be like an option for me. And, you know, my parents wanted me to go to college and, you know, being the good immigrant kid, you want to go to college and please your parents sure. and have a real career, you know, real career in quotes. Right. Uh, you know, so I wanted to be like a lawyer or a psychologist or something to uh, make them happy. And so, yeah, I mean, my my plan was to have, like I said, like a, a normal career um but art was always in my blood and i just it, it just was kind of accidental you know i just kept ending up in the art department at college yeah yeah were, were you more of just a creative person or were, were there any kind of influences around you that made you go down that path absolutely so when i was in peru we had a lot of japanese cartoons and american cartoons those were like the two main oh. main so I was just enamored with anime and then, you know, we had like the Thundercats and all the cool ass, you know, Shiras and all that. Right. Um, and I was just obsessed. And we didn't, you know, it, it, this was the 80s in Peru and it wasn't the easiest time in Peru. It was very chaotic back then. So mm-hmm. the U.S. and America was something that I always dreamed about. It was like this fantasy land. So I actually started drawing um because somehow I thought I'd get myself into Disney. Like, as a little kid, like, sure. my dream was to be a Disney artist because Disney was, like, everything, you know, for a little kid yeah. in the 80s, especially in South America. I was going to say, especially for a kid that's not even in the United States, they see Disney exactly. as this magical oh. place, right? Well, they call it the Magic Kingdom. Yes, absolutely. And my dad actually came to the U.S. first. So for a year, he kept sending us you know, Disney everything. And I was just obsessed with Disney. And I I want to work at Disney, live near Disney, like do everything by Disney. Um, So I just kind of, you know, we didn't have, like I said, it was just just a very strange time in Peru at the time. So um, I just escaped through art and and I wanted to just mimic, teach myself how to animate. So it became, it, it sort of came out of just, being in this fantasy world, I just wanted to escape oh, life there. I love that. Time. Yeah, so it, you know, and I just started to started by uh, just seeing what I saw on TV and drawing and trying to learn, and then um, and then toy packaging too. Like you know, remember back in the yeah these you know packaging actually had real illustration, right? Yeah, like yeah. like the packaging was was art in in and of itself, and I just loved that. I loved packaging and um so yeah it just sort of became in my fantasy world like i was an artist and i was going to work for disney and i was just sort of practicing for this some career yeah <laughs> yeah, sure. yeah. How, how old would you say you were when that started uh i mean i started probably between between six and eight that's really okay. when i became aware that uh drawing was was getting me some attention um because i would draw and it would make people happy you know especially at that time um when things were a little bit darker uh drawing made other kids happy and making them cards made them happy and sending my dad letters with drawings oh i love that Uh, yeah i would draw him things instead of writing him letters i would just send him drawings and that that. make him happy and i thought I, i got early on like this oh drawing creating things makes people happy makes them yeah feel so I just kind of got that really early, like this positive um, reaction from people. And there was something about it that just felt like this is what I want to do. I don't know how, but this is what I want to do. The reason why I ask how old you were is that I've found through talking to people on this podcast that <laughs> the creative type of person seems mm-hmm. to have known from a very, very young age or have been influenced from a very, very young age the things that they want to do creatively and it shaped them as they grew up, right? It's not something they discovered later right. in life. Not saying That's that that doesn't happen to people, but typically mm-hmm. the creative person like yourself, who's an artist full time was influenced somewhere from their youth. 
Yes, that is true. And it just, it's a need, right? Like I yeah. was doing not knowing, not knowing exactly what I, it was just, I just assumed everyone did that. Like everyone sure. dances, everyone listens to music and everyone draws. You just assume that this is just part of being human, right? So you just do it and and you can't do anything else. Like that, it's a compulsion. Like that's what it was. It was a compulsion. Like I couldn't stop drawing on everything. Yeah, you very uh, much knew that it was who you were at a young age. Right. What was yes. some of the the early stuff that you were drawing? What What were some of the favorite <laughs> topics? So I started with I said drawing Disney characters and all of that, making people happy. But what was I, I actually remember this the other day because when I, my father came, like I said. A, a year earlier and of course um at the time getting out of peru and going to the u.s was not an easy task so mm-hmm. uh you would tell people you were going to the u.s and, and they'd say like yeah sure yeah right you know everyone wants to go to the u.s um and people wouldn't believe me that my my dad was in the states and that i was going to go eventually like right. no one you know kids at school or kids at school right, right? so right. they're like oh sure whatever so I made up this comic. I made up this comic strip. I don't know why a comic strip. It was called Seven Sisters, and I made up these seven blonde sisters <laughs> and told everyone that these were my American sisters and they were waiting for me in the U.S. Right. And for some reason, the second graders all bought it, but you know, um, I was, so it became this thing where kids. It took a life of its own. So kids at school were asking me like oh what are the seven sisters doing this week right. so i started drawing these like stories that i totally made up and oh, I, that's told, awesome. I bought myself i really started to believe that i had seven sure. blonde sisters yeah so, uh, it's so stupid but it really started a storytelling well you and, were a child right and that and I, we lived through our imagination yes and i think the whole drawing women you know, the whole yeah. idea of drawing women came from that, from making up these women, like making up these big sisters. Yeah. You mm-hmm. still have those drawings by chance? No. I, my mom threw out a oh, no. all my stuff and I'm like, no. Yeah, I had a binder with everything. Wow. And that oh, what a bummer. I know. Being the, uh, you know... If you're Peruvian out there, you know what I'm talking about. Being the good Peruvian mom, she cleaned out everything. That was yeah. a memory thinking, oh, she doesn't need it anymore. Time to move on. <laughs> yeah, my mom did that with a, a lot of my stuff too. And God. not even just my creative stuff, but just my toys. Why do I, they do that? I, right? I, what? I, I can't do that with my, my kids' stuff. I mean, I <laughs> ask them. And yeah. say, hey, do you still want to keep this? And there are things that they have sentimental <clears throat> attachment to that I may not know about. And exactly. there are things like that from my childhood that disappeared that I wonder, oh, did my mom just throw that out? It just right. one day it was gone, you know? Exactly. And, yeah. And, and she, you know, and they're trying to do the right thing. They're trying to keep things tidy. Yeah, I get I mean, it. Being a mom now, it's like, oh, do we really need this right now? Like, do I need another set of Legos? Like, is he even going to miss the set of Legos? Right. And I'll, I'll get rid of stuff, but I get it. But yeah, yeah we, we can't keep everything. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, this, but that kind of stuff, you know, and especially now as a father, the things mm-hmm. that my kids draw, that yeah. holds more value to me than anything than an old toy that they have or anything like that and I still have stuff that they've made for me I mean my son is a senior at UCLA and I have stuff that he's made for me when he was like three years old you know drawings from when he was two three four years old when he was in preschool and and you know uh, and same for my daughter you know uh, that stuff is just so invaluable to me that there's there's no way I'll ever get rid of it yeah, that's beautiful. And it'll be for them, too, because it's like when you do find something from your childhood that you created, you feel like it's a piece of your own personal oh, memory, it's yeah. like a gift to yourself. It's a part of who you are, and it's attached to everything about you, your soul, your personality, yes. your history, your upbringing, yes. your background. Yes. Yeah, it's, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely, you know that. I think that's 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 a great point. Yeah, definitely gonna. I'm doing the same with my son too, and and you know he's a little. He's showing some artistic capabilities, so I'm like, okay, good. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep all this, and yeah, hopefully someday it'll mean something to him too, and he'll he'll be glad that I did. 
I'm sure that you influence him very much with the art that you do. Yeah, I try. He's starting to become my little critic now. Oh, He's really? Only seven, <laughs> but I'll ask him, hey, what do you, you like this or you like that? And he'll start, he'll, you know, it's funny to start to see that, yeah. uh, you know, that, that, um, not training, but he's developing that eye. You know, it's very yeah. cool. Oh, I love that. I love that. I, I want to talk a little bit about your work today because you mentioned yes. that you have a lot of girls in your yes. artwork. And let me start by saying I love it. You have a very island-influenced style, lots of hula girls. And they look very much like the kind of art from the 60s and 70s. Oh, good. I'm glad. You, yes. Where uh, does that style and theme come from for you? Where do, what style does it come from? Yeah, the, like the 60s and 70s stuff. Is it, yeah. where, where does that style come from for you? Yeah. So, you know, that I, I always um, I always shopped at vintage stores, right? Always. And it came out of necessity when we first arrived to the States and then it just became part of me. And so I spent a lot of times at vintage stores, boutiques, thrift stores, Goodwills, all that stuff, and and always going for the uh, artwork. I would always zero in on artwork and yeah, okay. and poster. Like I would always go to books, like book covers from the '60s, and all. I was always I loved the idea of finding artwork that felt like it had been lived in. Like that's like it had been through some through something, you know. Okay, like it, the sure. edges were frayed and. I always loved, um, there was something about art illustration from the 60s, actually 50s through 70s that were just seemed really, um, I don't know, it just seemed very uh, like lived in. That's the only yeah. way I can, very organic. And it just, there was something about the way the art looked, the illustration looked that just really spoke to me, uh, especially the way the women were were illustrated back then. You know, everything was exaggerated, hair, curves, makeup, and I just loved um, whenever I would run into something at a thrift store that had um, an illustration from then, like a movie poster, yeah, right, something like that. Yeah. And I started to collect all that stuff, and I just loved um, the coloring and you know just the fading with time. I just loved all of that. And then, um, and then one day I discovered um, Alphonse Mucha, which is all the you know all the Art Nouveau stuff, which is a totally different. Um, genre and different time and all of that but there was something about that work and the way that the lines flow and everything that really um always caught my eye about that okay and then i i started to research this artist um and and learn that you know he was one of the very first commercial artists in the sense that back a hundred and some years ago he was creating uh posters for uh, you know what would be concerts at the time right like uh, plays and and he was creating these these posters, commercial posters that people were ripping off the wall and stealing because they were oh, just nice. cool, right? Yeah, yeah. And he was really one of the first artists to to have that notoriety, you know. Okay. And I was like, man, a hundred and some years later, you still see his art; it still moves you. And that's the power of commercial art. That's the power of art that's accessible. And then I, I thought about all the all of the art that I had found in thrift stores and thinking, you know, somebody created this stuff and 50 years later, 40 years later, it still means something. It still has a soul. So my style came from my love of vintage art because I wanted to create something that felt like it had been around for a while. Like it's classic you know, she could exist now. She could have existed back then. You just don't know. Like, I wanted to create something that almost looked like vintage, you know? And that's yeah. where it came from wanting to experiment with, can I create something with this type of soul? You know, you said a few things there that mm-hmm. really kind of rang a, a bell for me. So mm-hmm. art that has a soul is Ooh. the is the main thing that really I've, I've kind of taken away from that which is an expression that I really, really love. Earlier, you said something about how vintage packaging was all artistic. And it so is, because if you look at packages today, I recognize fonts that are being used, where I'll think, oh, that's Bauhaus font, or that's Comic Sans, or that's, like, I recognize the fonts. 
So there's less creativity, it seems, today in a lot of the packaging that we see. And no diss to our friends that do this for a living, because the friends of ours that do this for a living are the artists that actually make it better, right? Absolutely. And and the stuff that you say, like when you go to the thrift stores or the vintage shops and you see all this old packaging, it is Mm -hmm. art with a soul. It is something that looks very much lived in. And I put that in air quotes, right? Very Mm -hmm. much having... Uh, history and yeah yeah and and it's it's um it's just so different from the art that you see today and the package yeah. the packaging i should say yes I, I completely agree and, and um you know i i was thinking about this one time we were i was watching this documentary about toy packaging and it used, there used to be a time where um toys and everything when they were designed there was no cartoon associated there was no all a lot of a lot of times toys were being released for the first time and the packaging had to tell the story the packaging had to sell you on the world of this toy so and then cartoons and everything came after the fact after they had become so popular now it's the other way around like we're creating toys around existing uh, TV shows and cartoons. Therefore, the packaging is not really as important because they already have clout. They already have sure. uh, a following. Sure. And it, so, so artists used to play a more important role because they had to be able to to reach a child, the child's imagination. Like you, you had to be able to grab you with the packaging. Yeah. It's unfortunately, lost at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Your your yeah. particular style is very much tropical uh, hawaii you know uh so let me ask you this Mm -hmm. did your art style draw you to hawaii or did hawaii draw you to your art style uh hawaii definitely hawaii Uh, when i started this particular style because i was always drawing but when i found this style i was actually uh in michigan for two years while my husband was in um grad school so we ended up in Michigan, and um, I was actually in a basement of a, in our apartment in a basement under I don't know how many feet of snow. It was a really bad winter, and I'm looking out the window. It's all white, and yeah, yeah it's beautiful, but it was not what I was used to. I mean, I'm from you know Florida, and then it just it was not what I was used dreaming to. Dreaming of sunshine. And, <laughs> yeah, and I was dreaming of another. Like I was trying to get myself mentally again, using my art as a way right. to escape. Mentally trying to escape to another world and I created this drawing called Hawaiian girls and it's these two girls um, kind of looking on it's very simple it's just two girls together and there's a uh, diamond head in the background and um, I only use like four colors I said okay I'm going to make something simple and warm and I was just imagining myself in Hawaii and I created that piece of art and there was it made me feel something it had a, you know it made me feel very warm and just I was like, I can't wait to go to Hawaii. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the pieces, probably my number one selling piece to this day. Uh, still very popular. And um, it came from my wanting to be in Hawaii, me imagining myself in another place. I love that. So, yeah, so definitely Hawaii has always, somehow has always been part of my story, even when I wasn't, even when it wasn't really a re- reality for me. It just... I always dreamed of Hawaii, right? Like paradise. Yeah. Especially um, at the time when I was a little kid and being in the complete opposite part of the world. Right? Yeah. Like South America and Peru at the time was a very different world. And it was nothing like the tropical paradise that I live in now. So it was just, it was heaven to me. Yeah. So mm-hmm. let me ask you this. When you moved to Hawaii, were you living in Miami? So one, uh, we actually went to Michigan, and then from Michigan, we're like, we're our next, our next stop is going to be Hawaii. Um, okay, so, so it was from Michigan. Like tour, but yes, it was okay. Miami, and then, and then um, uh, Hawaii by way of uh, Michigan. Okay. But, uh, yes. So a stupid question then. Mm-hmm. I mean, what brought you to Hawaii instead of just going back home to Miami? Was it was it that? Was it the fantasy? It was the fantasy, and we had actually come here. Um, on vacation 10 years prior and that's when i fell in love with it i i happened to make a comment to you know my who was my boyfriend at the time um before we got engaged uh i said hey this is beautiful i see myself living here 
and it kind of sparked something in him like well shit i sorry um it's okay. i want to go there too and, you can say um, that okay so i he's like hey let's let's do it and i was like yeah you know you're you're 22 you know you're like yeah you could do anything yeah. and and you know you know kids and it just became this idea in our head like we're gonna go and it was kind of like the coming to the u.s thing like yeah sure like you know we didn't oh, know people yeah, believed yeah, us yeah, you know yeah but it became this life goal of us like we said we're gonna do it we're gonna do it and it actually took us about 10 years to make it happen okay okay but it was it was in the making for a long time yeah so once you guys put it in your mind that you were gonna go you started setting things into motion Exactly. Yes. So by way of go, your know, husband going to school, making sure he was able to have a career, me kind of uh, trying to get my graphic design thing going. And yeah, so everything, the Hawaii thing was a plan for a long time. And then, of course, there's the saving money part. So, uh, yeah, it was just we would come here um, like almost every year we would come here. We would always make sure to come here just to make sure we always um, had a foot here and, and, and knew what was going on here before we moved. So, so what was that transition like when you moved there? Was there uh, a culture shock of any kind? Um, not really a culture shock because we, we try to come here as often as we could afford to do. And by the time we, we came here, we were just so happy. I mean, the only thing that hit me was uh, one day just the distance. I really, especially yeah, close yeah. to our first holidays. Right, yeah. That's the first day that it hit me like, oh, we, we are far away. And yeah, yeah I, it's it's not close yeah. to anything. No, no. And uh, especially when we were staying at the time, we were staying on the west side of the island. And, um, you know, it's a beautiful part of the island, but it feels like you're on an island. You sure. know, it's all ocean. It's gorgeous. But it was one of those days close to the holidays where I said, my family's on the other side of this ocean. And it scared me. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 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 That's. Brief. <laughs> that that's that's um that's the only thing is that th- and that's what makes Hawaii the paradise that it is is that yeah. it's so detached from outside influences I should say yes. I, I don't know if that's really the right thing to say but <laughs> you know when it was first discovered it was a true paradise there were no yeah. diseases there was you know there was no no pollution there was mm-hmm. there was no trash right. I mean it was a beautiful place. It truly was a paradise and keeping it separated from things like the mainland or anything else is kind of what keeps it as mystical and magical as it is. But then there's that negative is that you're Mm -hmm. so far away from your family and everything needs to be shipped there. So everything's expensive. I see. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So there, there's a, positive and negative to it how different is hawaii from florida for you i mean they're both tropical climates yeah. and so, you deal with hurricanes so, uh, and all that in 2016 we actually went back to miami and, okay. and then quickly uh turned the ship around and said no we're, we made hawaii <laughs> but uh we went back to miami because you know the pricing and we thought okay well let's uh let, let's try to you know buy a home and do all of that and we went back to florida um and then yeah it just same. I asked myself the same question. Isn't it similar? Isn't it just the same, right? It's still tropical. You still, yeah. you know, I just, I, I made that uh, argument in my head and we're like, oh, let's just go back. Um, yes, it's similar in the sense that, especially on Oahu, uh, you have the, the metropolitan, you have the city. You, If you're into that, you know, that's pretty similar. Um, Weather-wise, the weather's much better in Hawaii because, you know, as anyone who's Florida understands what the heat is like in Florida. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, uh, so it's it's similar. The only thing is culturally. Um, this, how do I say this? Um, Miami tends to be a little more East Coast in terms of the attitudes, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just it wasn't for me, and I'm from there. And, um, you know, it was just a little bit more because you have um, it's a big city. Right. So people are going to naturally um, just be a little more insular and and um, yeah, yeah. You know, have you, you with any big city, you have the crime and all of the other things. And um, but just um, the warmth wasn't the same. You know, the, the, the warmth that I 
that I had grown accustomed to in Hawaii uh, was not the same there. I wasn't finding myself connecting to people. And like I said, that's just me. You know, I think Florida is beautiful and uh, Miami is an awesome city if you want to go and, and, and have a great time. Yeah, that's the place to be. But I think for me at the time, I just, I, Hawaii had become my home because of the culture. Sure. Um, and, you know, we talk a lot about the, the aloha thing and aloha culture and all that, but that really is a thing. Like that, it really is a thing, yeah. And what I was going to yeah. say is you had just gotten used to the aloha spirit. Yes, yeah. and, and the sharing and, the you know, if you're new, if you're new to town, you know, people want to be your friend and, and, and people embrace you, whereas I found myself being, I guess, in a way new to town uh, there, you know, in a sense, um, I just didn't, I didn't find the same connections as quickly. And so it just, I, I, it wasn't, I didn't connect with my old hometown in that way. Um, so yes, culturally, I think here, although it is more expensive than Miami, yes, it is more expensive, but I think that you don't feel as stressed out. You don't feel that you have to watch over your shoulder all the time. That really is what I missed. Yeah. Yeah. I miss, yeah, being able to trust your neighbors and um, feel like, you know, it, it's it's still a city, but it's not, there, it, there's it a more, felt a little more, it felt more neighborly. There's guess, a more, more yeah, there's more a sense of community. Yes. Yeah, yeah. When you moved there, did you notice if Hawaii had changed your style of art, if at all? Yes. It did. Uh, as soon as I, I went there and I... I decorated my place. Uh, you know, I, my sister came over one day and she's like, well, you know why you miss Hawaii so much? You never left, right? Like you never left. Everything was Hawaii. Everything, right. the way I dressed, uh, the way my house looked, everything was, yeah. And and I found myself just looking for artists and people and, and events, everything that was Hawaii oriented and, and Polynesia oriented. Um so yeah, it had changed the way I saw life. Yeah, um, yeah. It changed the way that I expected people to behave and the way that I expected people to to be with other people. And definitely the style. Uh, Miami's art scene is a lot more urban. It's 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 different. You know, it's 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 a little more. It's different than what you see here. Um, so yeah, I wasn't sure at times that my art would really fit in because it was just a different theme. You know. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it just, it definitely is a different art scene. Um, You know, you have the art basil, you have the, there's a lot of pop art. It's it's very exciting. Mm -hmm. It's different from what I'm used to. So is there a style of art that, I mean, your style has very much its own personality, but is there a style of art or medium that you haven't worked with yet or tried yet that you want to try your hand at? Yes, I want to do uh, more 3D stuff, and by 3D I mean like more um, like sculptures, figurines. Okay. Like I want my art to go to the next level. Like I want it to actually pop off the page. So I started. I started with these 3D um, shadow boxes that I've been doing, and now I'm like I want. I want to do stuff that's more, um, you know, more layered, more you can touch it, right? So sure. either figurines or relief type things or mural or sculpture. Like, I don't know. I just, I, I'm right now what I would like to do is all oh, animation. Of course, mm-hmm. that's the next thing. It's like, I want to learn to animate my work. I feel like they need to come alive. Uh, so, I think, I think so too. Yes. I'm like, <laughs> I, I'm dreaming of the, you know, that's actually, I'm staying up at night trying to learn yeah. uh, after fa- all these programs. Um, because I want to bring them to life somehow. Well, you know, as, as an artist, and to, to stay creative and to keep those creative juices flowing, mm-hmm. there's so much to learn, you know. So that, that will probably be something that you do until the day you die, right? Yeah. Trying new styles, new mediums, experimentations, all that kind of stuff. Yes. I think, yeah, I think if you're a creative person, yes, you're always looking for a way you creativity is always looking for a way to come out always always yeah Yeah. so i don't know how familiar you are with some of the fun questions we do on the podcast i'm not but go for it okay so 
I want to switch gears a little bit here. We're going to call this segment Getting to Know Cat Reader. Nice. All right. So these are some fun questions that I, I like to ask my guests. Okay. And so let me start with the first one. This is probably the most asked question that I throw out to all of my guests. Okay. If you could have any superpower, what would it be? Mm. And I can I can help you with some of the answers that I've heard along the way. Superpower, shoot. So some of the answers I've heard along the way. Um, mm. My answer for myself mm. is I'd like to be able to eat whatever I like without getting fat. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I've, I've also heard which, and these are all some of my favorite answers. I've also heard, I love to be able to communicate with my pets. Uh, I'd love to be able to teleport so I could meet you at La Mariana for happy hour. Um, I'd also Uh, like to be able to speak any language. Uh, okay. But I, I think mine would have to be time travel just to specific, just to go back to thrift stores. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Travel and go back to thrift stores in the '60s and see what kind of cool stuff. I would just want to go and be me, but just in another time and 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 get all these drawings and illustrations and whole packaging and like see it in real time. Yeah, you know that's a great answer. So, in the '80s and '90s, I used uh-huh. to go thrifting all the time because I was super poor, and uh-huh. I didn't go in there looking for anything but clothes. It was always just clothes. Mm-hmm. But if I could go back to all those times that I went thrifting back then, I would look at the shelves and see what's there. Right. right? Uh, so that that's one of the things I'd love to do if I could tra- time travel. Another thing would be I'd love to go back to some of these old Polynesian-style restaurants and bars yeah. and see what yeah. they were like, you know, what, what they yeah. really were like. See Don the Beachcomber at International mm-hmm. Marketplace. See, uh, you know, yes, walk into uh, Trader Vic's while he was still mixing cocktails behind the bar. Walk into Tiki Tea and have Ray make me a raise my steak. Oh, it'd be cool. Back when people used to have tiki parties and it was just it was just what they did and and dressed up and went to these restaurants. And yeah, like that, that would be so amazing to to be able to just see what it was like in real time. Like now you have to kind of search for that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But to be at a time where it was just part of your world, that's what I would love to see. Yeah, I'd love to see old Hawaii too. Yeah, yeah that would be, that'd so be cool. awesome. Okay, next question. What is your biggest pet peeve? My biggest pet peeve? Um, oh my goodness. Um, right now, I say my pet peeve is all that, that cancel culture stuff. Okay. Getting a little uppity. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, I've never thought of that as a pet peeve, but yeah, that's that's pretty much a thorn in my side too. Yeah, I'm finding myself rolling my eyes more and more when I hear things. (laughs) Me too. Me too. Well, my biggest pet peeve is when I open a, a medicine cabinet pantry or anything like that, and none of the labels are facing forward. Oh my god, that's very specific. That is very specific. But you know what? I get it. I'm I'm like that when I can't find something. You're like everything. I know I left it here. You know. Yes. Oh my god! I need Advil. I open the cabinet and. Every medicine bottle is turned the other way. I have to turn them all one by oh, one just to right. find the Ad- that's very Advil. Very specific. Right. It makes a lot of sense though. Yeah. But you know what's another pet peeve of mine? When people leave garbage on the counter and the trash can is white. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. See, now we're yeah. rolling. <laughs> like, do you not see it? <laughs> right. Okay, next question. If you could spend time with anyone, dead or alive, real mm-hmm. or fictitious, who mm-hmm. would you choose? Uh, I'll have to say Frida Kahlo. Okay, that's a great answer. <laughs> Yeah, she seems like a cool lady. I think she'd tell me to just relax and chill out and just, you know. <laughs> I feel like she'd tell me to just, you know, uh, get over myself. <laughs> <laughs> Keep you humble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm answering these questions along with you. I think that I would, dead or alive, I would probably choose like 
a great grandfather or someone that I have not met that is an ancestor of mine just to learn about my family and where they're from. Yeah, that's cool. Do you have any specific talents that run in your family? Um, so that's a great question. So, and it's going to be funny coming from me talking to an artist. My great grandfather was an artist and he used to create large paintings, large oil paintings mm-hmm. that he made a living off of. And then he influenced my, my father, uh-huh. which was his grandson. And my father was an artist and he went to art school and all that. And my father actually ended up becoming an architect by trade uh-huh. because his parents said, you're not going to be able to make a living being an artist. Right. And so my father was like, well, what's the closest profession that I can do that's, right. you know, right, that's close enough to art? And he thought, I'll be an architect. And he ended up becoming a theme park architect and did a lot of things in theme parks. So um, so that that kind of is the, the common denominator with my family. Although it's, what's funny is, so my, my father was an artist, his grandfather was an artist, but my father's father, who's the one in between, right? Mm-hmm. He was a baker and he owned a line of bakeries in the Philippines, which oh, maybe cool. that comes from, well, you know, where I love to cook. But I, I think that my creative side comes from my father and my great grandfather, although I'm not an artist by trade. But, you know, I appreciate the question. So no, yeah, I, I asked because yeah, I feel like some some families have like a trait. Like for for me, is art. Like the the you know, both my brother and sister are artistic. It just seems to be a gene somewhere, yeah. and I would love to go back and find out who the first person was. Are there other artists in your family? Yeah, not not professional artists, uh, but it's my brother and sister are both excellent. Um, illustrators as well and my my dad is pretty good and so it seems to run in the family of cousins you know it just it's in the family just the only one that's doing it professionally so there's an artistic gene in there somewhere out there yeah there's a gene and it's like i would like to know who and where it comes from that would be really interesting that yeah that that would be interesting have you ever done any of the 23andme or or ancestry.com kind of stuff yeah, I've done the ancestry stuff, and uh, you know, with the with the Latin America stuff, it's still a little bit patchy, you know, because not yeah. everyone's on the bandwagon yet. Yeah, yeah, but, but yeah. I, I've I've done the ancestry stuff, and I couldn't find any information any farther back than what I could find on my own. And, oh, right. you know, I'm, I was born in the Philippines, so everyone before me was born in the Philippines. So there are no records here of my ancestors. It's, right. it's okay. all yes. overseas. So yes. And, and, you know, who knows how good they kept those records. Mm-hmm. So although, although with the Philippines, there's a big Spanish connection to it. Sure. Like from what I understand is Spanish were one of the best record keepers. Uh, when it came to to genealogy and stuff, so oh, maybe there's a whole treasure trove out there of I your family history. I, I I could dig further. I just haven't gone down that path yeah. yet. So, okay, next question. So, mm-hmm. as an artist, I know you're doing what you love today, but if you weren't doing what you're doing today as an artist, mm-hmm. what do you think you'd be doing? I own my own store i would love to own a, a vintage store some sort of um so, yeah some I, I would love to own a vintage store or music store something like that i think i'd still be doing something where i'm bringing something with soul to people okay yeah or or a lawyer People tell me she's a lawyer. They're so different. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe I would have actually made my parents happy and become a lawyer. <laughs> there you go. You know, th- that's the thing is we, we always want to please our parents, right? Even into our yeah. adult years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. What is the best piece of advice that was ever given to you? Uh, best piece of advice? Um, artistically, I guess um, the... I approached an artist when I first arrived to Hawaii. I went to uh, one of the art festivals here, and I zeroed in on one artist whose style I liked. And I okay. went up to him, and I said, I want to be you. How do I get to be you? Yeah. <laughs> and, and he said to me, 
The only thing I can tell you is don't draw for anybody else. Make art for you. And essentially the money will follow, right? Like do it for you. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And it didn't become relevant to me until much, much later when I hit a, a, not a snack, but a, a wall artistically. And I was like, I'm doing the same thing. I needed a change. And then I realized like, you know, I'm making art for other people. I need to do it for me. So yeah. I had to take a break. I had to take a break and, and really think about that advice. And I started to draw for me again. And then people connected to it. So yeah, yeah. It's a good, which I think applies to a lot of things in life. Like you got to do whatever your, whatever your talent is, you got to do it for you first. And then the people will connect. It's a great piece of advice because yeah. then what you produce as an artist comes from your soul because it's yeah. it's it's for yourself, right? It's right. it's not something that you're making because you're trying to appease a customer. It's yeah, coming from we're trying to follow a trend, right. which is happening a lot right now, unfortunately, with art. Um, but yes, you're, yeah. you're doing it because it it's makes coming you from, damn happy from who you are. It. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so last question. What's on your bucket list? Bucket list. Uh, okay, three things. So I would love to do a collaboration with a major brand. Like okay. I would love to, yeah, I would love to have a licensing deal or a collaboration with like a clothing brand or, you know, something cool like that or a makeup brand or something. Uh, I'd love to do, I want to do the poster for Tiki Oasis. <laughs> Oh, there That's you go. Big, yeah, I want to do like I, I want to be part of that world, and I want to uh, represent that event and that that community of people. You know, um, and then the last thing is like I would love to have a solo show in Peru. I would love to someday have a oh, that would be awesome. Yeah, of all my work and and show people like you know what like I left, but I'm bringing. You know, I'm bringing something back that I want to put back into the community here. And I would love to have some sort of exhibit. Oh, how cool is that? That that uh, would be such an awesome thing to happen. I know. I would love that. I think it'd be good for my parents, too, because they left, you know, and it's like I would love for them to see what we created together. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. All right. So before we wrap, mm -hmm. let's tell our audience, what's the future of Cat Reader Art? Are there any projects or anything that you want to share? Yeah, so my right now I'm doing uh, commi commission work. So I'm doing a lot of personal portraits for people. That's something that I, for the last year, I've been really trying to promote because people are really loving um, the portraits. And um, that's a part of my business that I want to keep growing because I'm really, really enjoying working personally one-on-one -on -one with people. Uh, so more more portraits in the future for sure. I'm also going to be you know growing the product line, like coming up with more uh, wall decor, more home decor type stuff that that specifically for you know tiki folks and and, and that. Oh, I love it. I really get into that, you know. Um, and hopefully, when things get back to normal next year, I want to make the rounds in the tiki circuit. Like I want to show, I want to be part of these events. I want oh, to yeah. meet people and, and, and really um, be part of this in, in a real way. I, I want to get together with other artists and, sure. and be part of that. Like that's what I'm really looking forward to next year. Meet you all in person. Yeah. Do you ever get out to California at all? I haven't. Um, that was something that I was hoping to do this year. You know, yeah. I really wanted to get out there and like, cause man, I'm so, I can't wait to go to California. So if you are able to get to any of the events out here next year, like if things get back to normal and you're able to travel for Tiki Oasis or Tiki uh -huh. Caliente or any of the other events out here, I would love to host you at the desert Oasis room for some drinks and and food and merriment and all that kind of stuff. Yes, I would love that. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would love that too. And I've been wanting to meet you in person for, for quite some time now. And uh, fortunately for us, you know, with current modern technology, we've been able to interact on yes. our phones and Zoom and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. So I already feel like we've met even though we technically haven't right <laughs> yeah it's true though right yeah because it feels like we've met but not in person i think not once person. i'm able to yeah. get myself out there 
I'll be able to recognize you and people and, you know, hopefully we can give hugs by then. I know, just, right? Like, really connect, you know, just I'm, I'm so grateful to everyone I've met so far and COVID has been tough, but it also has been a really happy time for me in terms of meeting new people in the Tiki community. So it's it's given me an opportunity to reach out and, and really focus on, on, the, on the community. And um, I can't wait. I can't wait to meet people in person and, and just to see, just to feel people's energy, you know, because yes, yeah. we talk on the phone and Zoom. Uh, but there's something about sharing a drink. Oh, totally, something. totally. Right? And if I can get out to Hawaii in the next yeah, month, I, I had a trip planned this summer, which I had to push out to this winter, which now they're saying, don't even try to travel there this year. Just right. wait till next year. Right. So if I can get out there sooner than later, then maybe we can have a drink at Skull and Crown. Oh, my God. Yes, that that would be awesome. That would be awesome. I, I, same thing, yeah. I'd love to host you and have you over at our place, and you know, just. And I'd love to go. Yeah. Awesome. If people want to buy work from you or commission mm-hmm. you or just look at your stuff, can we throw out a website and your social media Absolutely. and all that stuff? Yes, social media is at Cat Reader Art, and then my website is catreader.com. And I'll include links for all of that in the description of this episode and and actually if anybody wants to see samples of some of my portraits not everything's up yet but uh, for a sample you can go to Cat Reader Portraits on Instagram oh very nice alrighty folks there you have it thank you again Cat for taking the time to sit down with us on the podcast I appreciate you so much oh thank you mahalo so much and a big case and a big hug to everyone who's listening and I can't wait to, to meet you all in person Aloha and have a wonderful week. Aloha. And for all of our listeners out there that want to leave Kat a shout out, stop by our group page on Facebook inside the Desert Oasis room. Alrighty. Thanks, Kat. Have a you good day. It. And we will chat again soon. Yes. Aloha. All right. Cheers Bye-bye. and aloha. Bye-bye.